Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning to the Sunday edition, everyone. Um, it's been a crazy weekend back from the women's conference. Really enjoyed that. Um, and they did a great job, Randy and Dodie, everybody down there. That put the whole thing on. A number of oh, 50, 60. Last day they served food, there was up to 70 plates. So there, some more ladies showed up, I guess. But anyway, we are looking at Genesis 27, 28, the rest of Matthew 18 today on our abbreviated version. So let's pray and get into the Word today. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for all that you've done and are continuing to do. We thank you, God, for the opportunity as we go into this new week to continue to put in practice the things we've learned in church, the things we've heard, and the things you're showing us through our own reading. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now let's see. Chapter 27, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, my son, he answered and said, Here I am. And he said, Behold, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me a delicious food such as I love, and to bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare it. Prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord, before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two young goats so that I may prepare for them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. You shall bring it out to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. Now, Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself, and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. And then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. The skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck, and she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Verse 18, So he went into his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. 
And Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice. The hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him, and he said, Are you really my son Esau? And he answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So I came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of the garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright. Now behold, he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants. And with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Verse 39. Then Esau, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Verse 46, And Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, 
one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Genesis 28. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padam Aram, to the house of Bethuel, my mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply that you may become a company people. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojourning that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Badam Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's mother. Verse 6. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padam Aram to take a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padam Aram. When Esau saw that the Canaanite woman did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalas, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nabaioth. Verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I'm with you. I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from the sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took a stone that he had put under his head and set up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of the place Bethel. The name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me, in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I may come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Interesting, the two chapters, and we see this the whole contest between what's going on with Jacob and Esau, and how that, what was meant to, I should say, be a blessing to Esau became the blessing of Jacob, all by trickery and deceit. It's quite interesting in the Bible how many times that these patriarchs end up getting blessed through trickery and deceit. We see Abraham doing it, going down and telling the king Abimelech or the Pharaoh, 
um, that his wife is his sister. Then Isaac does the same thing to Abimelech, and both times they end up getting immensely wealthy and and blessed through their conniving and deceiving. And Jacob now, he's conniving and deceiving through stealing the birthright. And now he's doing it through his mother is really forcing him to do it again uh, to get the blessing. How does all that work out? I don't know. I just find it very interesting. And we see when Jacob does go on this trip to go to Laban, he's not criticized and he's not chastised for deceiving his father. In fact, he gets blessed. And that could only suggest to me that it was a part of God's plan. God knew that Isaac was getting old and he was going to follow after the customs of the day and not the Lord's will. It would be logical to assume that God was trying to communicate to Isaac that the blessing was going to go to Jacob because he already had the birthright for however legit that was. But he is now trying to get Isaac, who's old and about to die, to wake up to the fact this is where the blessing is supposed to go. But he's not receptive. Again, speculation on my part, but if this was God's ultimate will, because he's not receptive to the idea his wife is, it does not seem that she was completely so callous as to think that she loved Jacob so much more than Esau, she would do anything to have him get the blessing. My guess is she had an understanding, dealing with the fact of that Abraham had a, this, his son Isaac when he was... 90 and his, his mother was 100. There, he was a miracle. And then we see that Rebecca is able to have a son after Isaac prays. And, and that is, is well, some miracle. We find out from the birth of these twins, she understands that Jacob's tugging on the heel of his brother. There was going to be a transition of positions of authority within the family. Women, mothers have great insight to these things. And I think she's most likely understood what God was doing. And so she arranges this and God allows it to happen. It's really interesting because she's certainly viewed as a woman of faith. She's one of, viewed as a great woman of God, not a conniving deceiver of her own husband. God seemed to honor her. Interesting. All right, jumping over to Matthew. And we're picking it up, I believe, in 1821. Then Peter came up. And said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. And for the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him owed ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had, and the payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant blessed him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seized him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. 
We refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? That, that whole parable there. We are the wicked servant who have a hard time forgiving people when they owe us very little compared to what we owe our master. And what do we owe our master? Everything. He paid the greatest debt ever could ever be paid. He paid the price for our redemption through his blood. He willingly laid his life down for us. And so he says, if I did that for you and someone has offended you, you're not going to forgive them? Um, <laughs> watch out. When he comes back, there's going to be a judging of believers now. It's not unto salvation. We know that. Certainly for rewards, but just the embarrassment of being able to stand before him and go, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm so sorry. And if the person that we can't forgive is not a believer, or if they're a believer and a weak believer, a young believer, and we've that's caused them to stay distant from church and distant from the Lord, that's so much worse. So much worse. We have to be so careful. And so many times the reason why people won't come to back to church when I see them out and about is not always because of me. <laughs> I always think it is. Oh, they must be really hate me. They must hate what I taught or everything. And I always think the worst, and I assume it's something I said, something I did. But then I find out, oh, no, 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 it wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was so-and-so, and they really offended me, and I cannot stand even think of going to church if I'm going to see them there. So I just don't go. And I'm thinking, oh, what a heartbreak. And often, sadly, they're the newer believer that leave. They have not learned to forgive themselves, or they haven't learned what it is how weak we Christians are, right? We, we, that we're not perfect, that we make mistakes. And so they leave. We don't want to see that happen. It's pretty simple. <laughs> Learn to forgive and keep forgiving. It's certainly been a great stretching experience for me. You know, I've had some people do some pretty mean things. And uh, your tendency is to say, I'm going to hold that against you forever. And then you read the scriptures and the Lord slaps you upside the head and said, I forgave you. Don't you think you should forgive them? Yeah, <laughs> definitely should. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. And we do ask God, that you help us walk in forgiveness and extend forgiveness and um, think about others as better than ourselves. We do desire God to walk with you, and to be obedient to you. We don't always know your plan, but you're always working the plan, and you can go beyond us and, and use us, even when we make mistakes. Jacob made mistakes. Was it God's perfect will for him to do what he did? does not seem so, but he can still make our mistakes work out in the end. He can turn them into blessings, 
I should say, not only especially, but I'm sure conditional on our being humbled and feeling regret, remorse for not trusting him in the first place and following his will, his perfect will. So even though we may walk in his permissive will and do things that we know that we're not probably, weren't probably his, his will in the beginning, he can still bless it. He can still make something beautiful out of it. And so let's rejoice in that and thank him today for that. And thank you for the healing that's been going on in people's lives as we get these testimonies of people like Monty Molina and different people that are seeing really positive things happen. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that you are continuing to, to heal. Thank you for the blessing and the healing of the castor lines and all you're doing in their family. Dean's working, making some income. What a joyful thing. Abigail smiling in church today. That's a milestone, Father, as we see their brain is slowly healing. With Monty being, thank you for healing with her. And as you continue to heal all those that are seeking it, including myself. So, God, we ask your, your blessing upon the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to where you're listening and give those likes and comments. If you want to go to the webpage, um, we have calvarypv.com. You can write a comment, especially if you're new. Let us know where you're listening from. And keep praying for the ministry um, as it grows. And be praying that God would lead you to the right person to share this um, this podcast with them so that they themselves can be spending time every day in the Word. It's one of the most valuable things that you can do. It prepares you for your day. It strengthens your heart. It focuses you in on what we're supposed to be doing, which is seeking His kingdom first, and then all these other things will be added unto you. So, God bless you guys greatly. We'll see you again tomorrow. Catch us on the live feed if you want to on Facebook, calvarypv.com, where you can hit watch live or on YouTube live. And we are at 9 o'clock on the Mexico City or Puerto Vallarta time, central time, I think, in the U.S. Um, join us if you can. Otherwise, you can always pick it up right here on the audio podcast. Bless you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.